We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're back in the studio. It's Tuesday. There's a lot of stuff happening. Quite a few things. Most notably, the uh, Tesla Autonomy Day. Is that the most notable thing? It, it's one of them. Was that was that actually co- coincided to be with Earth Day? Was that done on purpose? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm actually wondering I'm not that sure. question right now. Somebody, Quite possibly. Somebody's very excited about themselves. Quite for that. possibly. Speaking of dates of things, we were just talking about our 400th podcast, which I think is not going to be on the date we told you. Yes. We should Things are changing quick. because of venues, so we're still not locked I think locked it's going to be May the 15th and not the 16th. The 16th would be the day we would normally record it. I think right. it's the 15th. TBD, just, just, just let, let me say this. That week, find May 15th. Look at that week. Somewhere in that week, <laughs> one night that week, we're going to do a live right, podcast recording right. in Salt Lake for number 400. We're going to obviously answer lots of questions because it's 100 variable. It's going to be very fun. We're still figuring out details, but I just want you guys to know that it exists because some of you were four to eight weeks back, and if you live in Salt Lake and want to come, I don't want you to miss that because it was last week. So I wanted that to be mentioned. Yeah, that's going on. Uh, look, we're going to talk about this Tesla thing. We do have some conclusions. What did you buy? We had a lot of that stuff on the front half of the podcast and a car debate as well, plus questions. It's, it's a big one. It's it a big is. one, folks. Strap in. It is. Before we jump into all the news, I do want to put out there, we are selling American Original posters. They are the 24 by that's 36 right. size. The you big, can jump on our Amazon poster. store. Yeah. And order those. And by the way, they are one of 50, so you can get them signed from Todd and I. And if, even if you want specific things, email us if you want something specific set on there. But otherwise, uh, we'll personalize it and send it off to you. So those are available right now. And uh, they're going. So they're very cool. Please they're order those. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, you can go to the Amazon store. There's other stuff on there. But if you do want the poster, it's mm-hmm. it's a real poster size. It's just like any and feature it, length film poster. And, and by we had that thing where we were not sure what kind of quality these were going to be. And then we got them and we're like, these are actually really cool. They're, they're, they're well printed, which is really nice. better than the one-off print that I did uh, yeah, for just the, for, for the a test print. You're they're absolutely actually right. better they're, than they're that. Very nice. so that's good. It's really great. Yeah, so that's happening. Also, while we're speaking of things that are happening right now, season four is on Amazon. It's playing on Amazon. It's actually playing really well on Amazon. Thank you to all of you that are watching that right now. But seasons one through four are on Amazon Prime. I'm going to say this one more time. Just because it's on Amazon Prime doesn't mean it's free. The newest stuff on Amazon Prime, unless it's created by Amazon, which our show is not, the newest stuff on Amazon Prime, the new Marvel movie, not free on Amazon Prime, just so That's you know. True. That's you true. You can get it there, but you have to pay for it. Uh, so our new seasons drop, and they cost money for a little while. A season three is going to time out here in a little bit and go free. And I, I actually need to look up and figure out when that's going to happen, but then we'll tell you. But season four is out, and, of course, season five we're shooting. So, yay. Yeah, if we you are. have watched season four, do me a favor. Give that a rating. Actually, find it as on your probably on your laptop. You're going to have to do it, or your, or your desktop. Find season four specifically and give it a rating if you would. I would really appreciate or you can do that on IMDb. This helps people decide if they want to watch it, and we've seen in comments that has helped people before. So thank you. Yes, and by the way, thanks to our TV sponsors once again. We cannot help but thank them, Covercraft and Griot's Garage. And I've mentioned last time, Covercraft currently has a spring sale going on. This is You're listening to this in 2019, spring sale. They are offering 10% off, and we asked Jeff mm-hmm. if the code every day works for an additional 10% off, and he says it does. Yes. So, so good news if you've been Holding off buying anything, the sunshades yeah, yeah, and yeah. covers or whatever else they make that fits your life. You need the dog cover. You need whatever else. Anything that currently has the 10% now discount, is the which is not everything they sell, but yes. anything that's getting that 10% discount, you can use our 10% on top of that. So remember that's the code right. every day. Every day. And that works for both sponsors, by the way, both yes, Griots and Covercraft. So keep that in mind. And if you're confused about who were their sponsors again, what we have a sponsors page. Go into the About tab of our website, everydaydriver.com. We have a sponsors page there that explains who the sponsors are and has direct links to their products. You can go in that way as well. Yes, for sure. And patrons, if you are a patron on patreon.com, you can jump on the Discord forum, which has grown arms oh, and legs the Discord. and tentacles, the, the and chat it's worldwide. Room is huge. It's, yeah. it's car friends. It's all of us on, on the community there, and it's really grown. And you can actually debate. There's a car debate section on there. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of cool stuff, and people are writing in, like I said, That's from great. all over the world. There's a big contingent from Australia, which is awesome to see. Thank you, mm-hmm. guys, in Canada as well. So if you want to become a patron and and help us out. There's three different levels. goes all the way up to the board member level, which offers a monthly video call with yeah. Todd and I, and yeah, we yeah. discuss what's going on. So it's a live video chat, and a lot of you have been joining. It's usually on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and we found that's a good time for people who have jumped work off work. Well, yeah. Maybe it's you know just before dinner, right after. It kind of works for people.
people. The, the beginning of your chat. work day to our friends in Australia that call exactly. in. Big, big shout out to you. But exactly right. The nice thing about the Patreon thing in general is that all of you, if you're a patron at any level, you get access to the chat room. And that is, honestly, that is growing like its own thing. It's very cool. It really is fun. On to Tesla Autonomy Day. Tesla had a they did. late starting press conference mm-hmm. with uh, select individuals, which uh, half the room was probably filled with people who really don't care about driving or at least hate driving. The other <laughs> half, I think, do been. care. Okay. It was an interesting mix, but yeah. analysts, financial yeah. analysts, all the way to, you know, of course, news organizations, and they live streamed, but they started late, and so it went actually rather long and had a lot of, uh, I guess, directors uh-huh. from various yeah. aspects of the company, very various areas, come in to join Elon and talk about what's coming. I'm sure it's reposted. There's plenty of news about it, but sure. we thought we'd rant. I mean, talk a little bit about that right now. <laughs> you and, just went ahead and, and called uh, it out. I, I, I mean, did. They start their events like Hollywood starts movie premieres. There was actually, I forget who it was, but somebody that used to run a website, they probably still do, that kept an average of how late movie premieres started because none of them start no, on kidding. time. Yeah, and they kept an average <laughs> and they and they, and they they graded Funny. movie premieres on how close they started to their start time. Uh, the Tesla events do not start. I think this was the better part of an hour late. Not, please don't get me wrong. This is not a commentary on its content. It just starts. Late, you know, things and happen, then, and then there was content. Uh, the the I, I feel like the big elephant in the room keeps getting missed. Mm. You and I were talking when I when, before we turned on the microphones about how if you listen to Silicon Valley, and I don't even mean Tesla, I mean Silicon Valley, anybody of that headspace, and I realize Tesla is also in Southern California, but anybody with that kind of tech headspace, you would think that we're all going to be in fully autonomous pods next week <laughs> and everything's going to be electric and we're going to be done. I would just like to say again, again, and this is not against Tesla. This is just a reality check. Electric cars are 2% of the market and they use lithium <laughs> batteries, which is very difficult to create and is not ubiquitous by any means. There's not a ton of lithium in the world. Most of it I was actually reading recently is pulled from briny water. Mm-hmm. Forget mining for a second. Actually, actually mined, if you will, from briny water, which means not the ocean, by the way. I'm talking the Salt Lake style thing. That's where it comes from. Amazing. Chile is one of the best providers. And the thing is, um, when you're 2% of the market and we're having trouble with getting batteries made, and I want, you actually, I think, had a thought on that, uh, something you heard yes, on that. Yes, I do want to touch on that. The, I'm wondering about what if it's even 10% of the market? What's the difficulty? Nobody seems to be talking about the execution versus the idea. This was an idea dog and pony show today, which is fine. But execution is where stuff gets hard. Yes, and to that point, he keeps uh, with the self-congratulatory statements about making a manufacturing process for a new technology is hard, and we did it. And talking about how the the Model S is, you know, came out in 2012, and it's seven years old, and nothing can compete. And on one hand... Yes, you've done it. On the other hand, you know, a lot of companies are just because you're first out of the gate doesn't mean you you're winning everything because with electric cars and and the future of it, there is never going to necessarily be an end winning, mm-hmm. hey, we mm-hmm. did it, we're the best. There will always be advancing technology. Some mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. will sure, you know, sure sure come up and flame out. Other companies will advance. Other companies, you know, whatever that happens. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a continual climb up this mountain of technology, which is interesting. So I thought, okay, you know, he keeps saying making cars is hard, making manufacturing processes is hard. He's right. Yeah, He's actually sure. right. And, and the thought that I wanted to make is he said Audi is having trouble with their forthcoming e-tron. Okay. All right. And he said they're having trouble making it. I thought, really? I hadn't heard that. And so I went searching and indeed... They're not having trouble making the car. Audi knows how to build cars. Yeah, you would They're think. having trouble getting a hold of batteries. Oh, okay. Now, their supplier is LG. The prices are going up, and the yeah. scarcity is going up. So because think this about, is the issue with lithium. Yes. Yeah. But now think about Volkswagen's future product plans that don't include diesel. The diesel Everyth- apology tour, yes. <laughs> it is. Everything is now electric and going yeah. electric. Yeah. So if Audi's having trouble at this point in time trying to make an electric one car. <laughs> electric car Our one electric car you're right what's the id cross and i everything yeah. forthcoming from volkswagen yeah how are we going to surmount those problems and so yeah the, the electric car market and by the way i really like electric cars i'm excited for the porsche Taycan. i'm excited for the e-tron i'm excited for more stuff to come yeah, out yeah, and, yeah. and the driving experience of electric cars to get better. Mm-hmm. That's all coming, and we all have that to look forward to. And it, okay. that's awesome. It's just you know we keep coming back to the the refill time. 
yes, which is yes. consistently overlooked, and then the ability to mine the battery or get the lithium for the batteries. And if you're struggling, it I'm sorry, I'm beating the dead horse here, but if you're struggling tough. to make two percent of the car market have enough batteries. How are you going to handle it when it's 10% of the market or 20% of the market? Forget the whole market. I mean, I feel like the general non-automotive press would have you believe, and we've talked about this before, would have you believe that we're just around the corner from full autonomy and electric pods. And I had a conversation with somebody recently Mm -hmm. who actually Mm -hmm. drives a Model X and loves it, and that's great, and and I see all the reasons he's got it, and it's a very cool SUV, truck, egg thing, whatever you want to call that, okay? (laughs) A truck, egg thing. Seriously. But but I mentioned to him that it was two percent of the car market, and it literally it was like I dropped a bomb in the conversation. He was Seriously? like, "Seriously?" He was like, "Wait, what?" Because we were like running, we were but we were talking to other people. We were kind of, and he just like stopped. And he said, "Wait, what?" <laughs> no kidding, because that's not the impression that we have. I, no, I no. it's an execution thing, and the other thing is that a lot of this presentation, and I and I I don't think I saw nearly as much of it as you do. I don't know nearly as much as you do about it, and I, I think you have more to say. I, I do have a few more thoughts. But interesting I, here. Uh, all of this is being discussed, and I know this is a dog and pony show discussion. I get that. It's a promotional thing, and that's mm-hmm. what Tesla does very well. It's what Elon Musk does very well. It's the promotional thing. But it's discussed as if we're about to have this full uh, full automotive, automated driving system available in all of our cars in the next, like, year, 18 months. But it ignores the fact that just because the technology exists, Waymo exists right now. Right now. Fully autonomous vans exist in the world. But... Having them available everywhere, getting through the legislation, dealing with world governments, this is never a fast process. When You and I were talking earlier about the fact that the, one of the main reasons that HD is ubiquitous across the entire nation is because the government finally decided, here's your 10-year swath and you have to get it done by here. Mm-hmm. Our government can't seem to get anything done that they agree on. How on earth are they going to agree on autonomous driving rules and make that actually be implemented. Forget the technology. It's not the question of when the technology exists. It's when it exists in your world because the government has actually decided to figure it out. Oh, my Lord. Just because it exists yeah. does not mean it's here. Okay. Distilling thoughts further, you might continually hear that Todd and I are Tesla haters or electric car haters, and I will continue to reemphasize that is not the case. I think it's the the mindset that you're talking about, and that is this is going to be this by this date and thusly let it be so, and that'll be it, leaving no room because for... Because we said so? Because we said so on, okay, on every category. Fair, and fair, fair. The very few other companies, cars aside, operate that way. So it's a very different headspace and a very different kind of presentation for everybody to come to Tesla and think, all right, that's coming, but then doubt creeps in, and what, what if he doesn't hit those targets, and he hasn't hit those targets in the past? So let me boil it down for you. If you told your boss... I'm going to get the work done, the assignment, the report, the thing that you need to do, and your boss is expecting it by a certain date, and you say, I'll have it. And he says, well, what if you don't? I'll I'll get it eventually to you. Is that going to fly with your boss? <laughs> I'll, I'll get it done. Turns okay, boss. okay yeah, I, didn't meet no the, yeah. I didn't meet the deadline. I'll, I'll get it eventually to you. I'll get it done. Great. I'm glad you'll get it done, but we need it now. We need yeah. it by this date because mm. of all these other ramifications. So it's it's along those lines. I'm glad he's pushing. And again, these statements continue to push the industry. True. Which is wonderful. They certainly do. They certainly do, yeah. It's yeah, amazing yeah. the growth and what he's done to every other car manufacturer. It mm-hmm. truly is amazing. Yeah, Because sure. almost every manufacturer has some sort of electric car program. And now. that is entirely a Tesla-influenced situation. Absolutely. They exist because Tesla exists. That's it's, absolutely it's true. It's just, you know, the full level five autonomy coming in 2020. So, uh, okay. Um Maybe the governments worldwide might have something to say about that. Well, yeah, I mean, just because the tech uh, exists doesn't mean it's in your world, especially when it starts dealing about public safety. I mean, th- there's this, there's the counterpoint yeah. that I read recently, and I'm going to get, the, I'm totally going to get the stat wrong, but they interviewed people, and the vast majority of people were not interested in being in a driverless car. The right. vast majority right. of drivers. So you also have that problem. Just because you can, according to the presentation today. The, the presentation kind of stated, well, you'll be able to do this in the next 18 months. Will, will, will you? Will, mm-hmm. will, will you actually be able to do this? Is and that going to be okay? Based entirely upon those statements. And, and it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thing to just say because the technology exists, that means everybody gets it. That means we have it. That, that means you can just buy it and it exists. And once, once it steps out of the Tesla world into 
government regulations. And, and please don't get me wrong. I am not saying the government is doing these things right. I'm not, I'm not backing the government <laughs> right, in this discussion. Right. But I am saying there's a few little roadblocks that are beyond the Tesla presentation of this yeah, will exist yeah. by this date. So he mentioned, Elon mentioned they're not using LiDAR. They're using only cameras and one radar. Which is which is very interesting. That's a, that's it a is. unique approach. And they have regard. laid out their case for mm-hmm. it. But their director of AI, senior director of AI, Andre Karpathy, kept using words like long tail and heuristics. And I looked these up. Okay. Long tail refers to a more specific statement. You're shopping for a pair of shoes. You're, you don't okay. just type shoes. You type, I want Adidas running shoes size 11 or in, something in black so yeah. that in black so yeah. that is considered a long tail more specific type okay. of okay. string of code sure sure okay it's more specific great and heuristics really is a fancy term for we're, we're kind of guessing we're using a rule of thumb or we're mm-hmm. using common sense or we're using you know kind of a known thing or social you know contracts or whatever that is building based on patterns it, yeah. it really is but it's not defined solidly past that mm, mm. so i'm thinking okay so there's still a little bit of you know there's a lot of space in that statement there's a lot of space very in much there, so for sure. yeah so you can't necessarily gloss over the cameras are only going to be the best because it seems like everybody else is using lidar and there's a lot of other smart companies doing great things too and competition's yeah. healthy yeah all of all of the intelligent people solving this problem are not all employed at tesla so to make sweeping statements of well they're all they're all wrong okay uh did you ask them? Like they don't think they're wrong. Well, and I come they're back using to, lidar, and they don't think they're wrong. I come back to fully autonomous Waymo vans. I'm not saying that Waymo is the person doing it right, but they are the person doing it now, mm-hmm. like currently. You know, so that's an interesting animal as well. The ultimate thing that I took away not only is the you know autonomy's really upon us right now. We'll, oh yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. If you lease a Model Three, okay, you don't get the option to buy it afterwards. You give it back. Mm which means it's now going to be part of the Tesla network and therefore challenging Uber and Lyft. Yes, yes, yes. Which is like the Apple ecosystem. It's only, and contractually, if you read your contract, Elon said mm-hmm. it's only within the Tesla network. Those companies aren't allowed to buy a bunch of Teslas and use them. Mm-hmm. They won't allow that mm-hmm. from a legal standpoint. That's their, Does, their end use contract. I am, I am not. I, I, I'm lucky to be able to say and speak the word and maybe even spell the word economist. I'm not an economist. But if you, if you, <laughs> only, spend money but if you only lease a product, if you only offer it for rent, let's say, or for sale, I mean, rent or, or lease instead mm-hmm. of for sale, mm-hmm. don't you kind of remove it from market forces too? Don't you just get to say it costs this much? And what it's actually worth is is less of a factor on your product because you just say, this is what it costs for you to have one, but you don't really have it. You're borrowing it. Mm-hmm. And so you can lease a Model 3, give it back, lease it to somebody else. It keeps the, the loop closed, and it makes their cars uh, – it, it keeps – let me put it this way. It would keep a Model 3, I suspect, worth more on the used market than it ever would be if it was actually released to the market. Well, speaking of economy, speaking of economy, Elon's entire outlook towards economy is to keep removing parts off the car until you don't have pedals and a steering wheel and anything else. Yeah, the pod. And therefore, according to his tweet, that now we've removed you from the tyranny of driving your own car, which flies in the face of why everybody's listening to this podcast. Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, I don't agree. I, Free you I don't from see the it that tyranny way. Of, was that the actual word choice? That was the actual tweet. The tyranny of driving your... I don't see it that way. I, I none of us see okay. it that way. All right. Okay. All right. And but, so, but that, but that speaks. There, look, there he is a lot of segment of the market. see it that way because if he saw it that way, he wouldn't be building the next Tesla Roadster. Because what's the point of having an awesome, fast, well, fun Roadster if you're not driving it yourself? Okay. Bragging rights. Maybe, yeah. I suppose. Somebody actually asked him, who's responsible in the event of an accident? Ultimately, he said, well, Tesla probably is, but let's not have accidents. Okay, I agree, <laughs> but... Uh, I'm going to type that out. Let's not have accidents. How are you getting... And, and, and it's so. Can you guarantee and now that? It is, is that so. the contract? Perfect. Uh, let's, let's try to move on, can we, to some actual conclusions, because this Many. could go on a while. Many. Thank you all for writing back your, your conclusions to us, and you have done a marvelous job of including your episode number in which we referenced and a few details about what we suggested, 
all of the things about the podcast. So that was great. And jumping into episode 94 from Jean-René Boutin in Canada, he wrote to us about the scarcity of Japanese sports sedans and now is driving a Mazda 3 Sport that he bought in July 2016. It was mm -hmm. part of the list of models that we discussed. Yeah. He said, it's no rocket, but the driving dynamics are good, and it's Glad endearing, like it. practical, little hot hatch. It is, for sure. Without actually, here's the thing, and it's actually not that hot a hatch. It's a lukewarm hatch, and it's still pretty good <laughs> yeah. to drive. Yeah. yeah, so I'm glad you're driving that. They got it for less than 20,000 Canadian, 85,000 kilometers on it, good running order, scratch-free. They were thinking about an Acura TL with a 300-horsepower V6, but... Ultimately, the price went out, and uh, yeah, the balance is what uh, what got him. So I love that you got it. Excellent, yep. excellent, yep, yep. well bought. Yeah, that's very cool. Actually, we have to add to that because the they had the, he was shopping and bought the Mazda three. His wife started shopping, and they wound up with a Mazda six. And he's apologizing to me for the two <laughs> Mazdas in the garage, but the deals were so good and the dynamics were so good that he couldn't resist. And he also concluded, interestingly enough, that the Mazda six had one of the biggest trunks of anything they'd driven. That was an actual. You wanted a sedan yeah. for your family, and I'm look. I, here's me. Can you hear me? I'm actually applauding you for <laughs> nice. a sedan for your family. You wanted that, so that big trunk in the Mazda six was a big thing. So we're thrilled. Look, you're an all, you're an all Mazda garage. I will take <laughs> your apology him. under advisement. But anyway, so yeah, but but thanks for listening and thanks for writing back. Hal Bullock wrote to us from episode 206. He was asking about, I love this, this is Hal's conclusion. This is a curveball. <laughs> yeah, no you kidding. You found the ultimate wild card, Hal. Hal wrote in and said uh, his question was all about tall man mods. And so we talked about cars that we, as guys 6'3 and taller, can get in. We recommended Cayman 911 M235 Mustang GT. He had a budget of about $35,000. And then he bumped into a friend <laughs> selling a 1981 Fiat X19. Didn't see that coming. Seriously, because why would we see that coming? <laughs> First off, why would we recommend that car out of the blue? And then secondly, why would we assume you'll fit in there? And yet somehow Hal does. That does fit into the spectrum of sacrifice, definitely on the sacrifice end. But yes, it does. It's fun in the twisties in the North Carolina mountains. And he so didn't well spend all Hal. his budget either. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, no kidding. All right, episode 338. We talked about Eddie the bootlegger. This is we, Edward Chad. We concluded he's a bootlegger. We're not sure what he really does for a living, but we yes, really think he's, he's just a bootlegger. He's yeah. a wine and liquor salesman well, you know. in Cape Cod. And uh, <laughs> he wrote back and said, hey, guys, Eddie the bootlegger here. Wanted to let you know that he finally got a new car. Tested about 20 of them. Well done. That's amazing. Good job on that. Good job on your homework. That yeah, sounds like you huge. did extra credit, too. Yeah, for he sure. He thought he was set on a 2018 BMW 328 diesel brought the wife and kids to the, to the dealership to to take a second look which means you're serious we're close bringing family when the seals, salesman who met you a week ago <laughs> sees you walk up with the fam he's like and this is getting done today. and yeah. my boat payment's done for yeah. the month so what he ended up with was not that car isn't that crazy yeah he ended up with a 2018 estrel blue 430i grand coupe x drive M Sport <laughs> with the shadow line exterior trim and aerodynamic kit. By the way, for better the same price, better than the diesel. And the fact <laughs> that you got it for the same price, I would have gone that way all day long as well. By the way, Eddie, I think that is a phenomenal curveball at the last minute. You said yeah, your well wife done. just said that's a great color, and thusly let it be so. <laughs> I think bought, that's really cool. Done. All right, we've got episode three three sixty three. Daniel Ryan in Arkansas. He was checking back with us and, uh, you know, was looking around. He was debating fun cars, something rear-wheel drive, mm -hmm. something mid-engine. He would would have thought he would have stayed in Saab land or Honda land. Well, he traditionally had had, I mean, with the exception of the Saab, he'd had uh, very, very traditional, very staid cars. This was the sports car purchase. He and his wife had just gotten out of debt. You may remember that discussion. And so she said, you should get a sports car, followed by, you should spend less than $10,000, <laughs> which is where this got difficult. And because this was a family, Daniel and his wife, who actually were worried about, they just got out of debt. The whole point was, I can't spend more. Which restricted right, us so right. heavily to rear-wheel drive, mid-engine. What are we going to do? He got, you may see it coming, he got a 2002 MR2 Spider. Done. Which I, I would be surprised, actually, if you even spent all of your budget, and that is a fantastic car. He said near-miss on a decent condition, 84 300ZX, but Ooh. he said it's probably a good thing I went with a Toyota. I agree with that for sure, yeah. <laughs> 
Well done. And then finally here from episode 375, Dr. Andy Boski, whose nickname is Rudy. And you remember, it's a pretty recent episode at this point. He was the guy debating the M3, that mm-hmm. pristine M3 versus the Datsun 240Z. Yes. And he sold the 240Z. He has no regrets. He said the new owner and her husband picked it up in Michigan, drove it to California, two two hippies in their 50s having an adventure. I love it. I love it. But he also said there was enough. This was the situation where his you may remember his wife didn't want to be in it because she didn't like the fuel leak smell. Yeah. So he kept yeah. watching the news for, you know, <laughs> an elderly couple found, it, found dead from gas fumes in a 240Z halfway between Michigan and California. But apparently they made it back. They've sent photos. They love it. So he's thrilled. They're thrilled, which means he was really shopping. Yes, and he did buy that M3. He was, yeah, I'm glad we pushed over the edge. And, uh, you know, he's got pictures of their trip, and he's got the, the new M3, which he would love to share with us. So, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, sending us emails. And it will be driven, not daily, but it will be driven and driven like it was supposed to be, above 4,000 RPMs, which is great. And the 993, by the way, the 993 that he already had, remember that? Yes, I do. It was repainted and is still at the restoration shop in Chicago, arena red over cashmere with the hardback painted sports seats. I love it. And it will look very nice to the white over black E30 M3. Very cool. I, I think that was a great, great choice. I really do. So that, that's thanks for that, Rudy. Thanks to all of you guys for the updates. He said his nickname's Rudy. Bought the M3 from someone named Rudy. His email starts with Rudy, and they had a dog named Rudy once. So he tried to get a personalized plate. Said Rudy, but it was not available. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite Done. dog stories. Anyway, so there's all of those updates on cars that you bought. Thank you for all of those updates. Keep sending them in. Be sure when you do send in the podcast you were mentioned on. It helps us actually remember the story and re-reference it. So thanks for that. We will be right back. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Auto Tempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. Plus, I was on it an hour ago. We're back with our car debate for this episode, writing from Lance is writing from the North Bay of California, and he's saying his headline. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna kind of spoiler alert this entire email because I'm not I'm personally not going this route, but his headline is really the thing where he went. I'm sorry. It's is a used BMW i8 a good idea? That caught my attention. Wait, wait I, I must read on. So let's let's talk about this for Lance. He has been planning on picking up a second car to drive the kids around town to sports practices, mostly trips of two to five miles, slow traffic on surface streets. And he said, you know, an electric car would be ideal, but I also want a sports car. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking of a late 996 or an early 997 for 20K. Yeah. Yeah. Or a used Leaf Spark Focus somewhere used electric for about 8K. The balance here is he wants to spend less than 30 grand. How do I pull off sports car on one side and really cheap electric car on the other? And then that's when the splinter comes in from nowhere and hits him. And he goes, or, or, or wait, I could spend a little bit more and get a used I-8. And then See? couldn't I have a sports car that is also an electric? Couldn't I do both? And then he starts asking, what do we think the I-8s are going to do in depreciation? And we go on this whole I-8 rabbit trail. There is so much to say here. We go from budgets of 8K for used electric cars to, <laughs> to how about an I-8? <laughs> I'm not wrong when I push on people's budgets. You aren't. You aren't because this happens a lot. Lance, you made me laugh so hard when I read this email because we were, we were being so very thoughtful. <laughs> and then we just went, have you seen used I- I-8s? They're really cool. Yeah. Lance's current car is a 2007 Volvo V70 with some performance mods. It does everything around town driving, camping road trips, autocross. And he says, well, not actually yet. 
yet, but he does have a Lemons race car, which is a Launch of Scorpion. Very cool. Hauling bizarre. trailers full of stuff to the landfill, trips to the coast, trips to wineries. It's a truck that's more fun to drive, is what he calls it. It's their family SUV, and it happens to yeah. be a Volvo wagon. And it's paid off, and it's not going anywhere. He said it has 175,000 miles. It'll start showing its age here shortly, if it hasn't already. He wants to keep it, but relegate it to occasional truck and camping usage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hence the EV. For the daily, yeah. So now he's got this three-car idea going on, but not ideal since he'd have to park two of the cars on the street. Covercraft? Yes. Somebody should make a cover for that. Anyway, yeah. I wish. (laughs) Actually, they do. A two-car solution would be better, which brought him to this idea. So we'd have a V70 and an out-of-budget BMW i8. He said a used 2014 i8 is selling with low miles for around 60K. Which is double the budget we started with. I just want to mention that. I just want to mention that. Now, he acknowledges that, and he says, well, that's pretty far outside the budget. He has, you know, he could maybe justify it based on the idea that it might not depreciate very much compared to an EV beater car or a 996-997, somewhere in there. Mm. Do we think the depreciation will go lower than 30 to 40 grand if he keeps the miles low? Yes. By the way... Lance, don't save it for the next guy. Drive it. Yeah, if you're getting true. it, drive it. Here, here's the biggest problem, Lance, with buying an i8, which, look, you're right. Those are going they're, – they're sliding not as fast as the plummet of normal EVs, but they, but they have the same problem, and that is one of how fast that tech is moving. We were just talking about everything Tesla's talking about at the top of, yeah. the, top of the podcast. This tech is moving lightning fast. It's the place where cars and computer tech are merging. So uh, once we started getting nav screens in cars, they all started aging faster. You buy a, mm-hmm. you buy a car from the mm-hmm. 80s with a nav screen. It doesn't seem that old. You buy a car from 2002. You're like, what is this Atari in the dash? Okay. So, I mean, this is It actually thing. does have Atari in the dash. Yeah, now. seriously. There is that as well. But so the thing about the i8 is I do think it will not go as fast as some of these other electric cars. But ultimately, you are already on last-gen electric tech. It's not going to hang out onto its value in the long term. I just I don't think it's something let me put it another way. I don't think it's worth justifying doubling your budget because you think it's not going to depreciate as fast. I think it's still going to fall prey to old tech. Hmm. Styling wise an I eight is striking, cool. The go the doors alone will, you know, get everybody excited and I think styling wise it looks as modern right now as it did when it was introduced like five plus years ago. Lance is very comfortable doing his own maintenance, so buying a mechanic special is not out of the question for the right price. <clears throat> I went shopping, Lance. Uh-oh. On Auto Tempest, I found a 2015 i8 on cars.com for $46,900 Did with 10,660. Really? They're down miles. that far already? 46 grand, and I thought, this has got to be salvage title. Nope. It's white. It's for sale. Ten thousand miles. Forty six nine. I'll bet you they take forty six. You could have an i eight for forty six thousand dollars. I didn't know they dropped that far. I didn't know you could find anything like that at that price. Forty six thousand dollars is yeah. rather compelling. However, if you do want some alternatives, I found a twenty sixteen Fiat five hundred e for eleven six. Mm. A twenty sixteen Volkswagen E Golf with seventeen thousand miles for fourteen two hundred. Okay. And the car that I think you should consider which is a 2012 Tesla Model S 85 kilowatt with 171,000 miles hmm. for 25.9. So you're doing single car with a Tesla Model S. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That brought up the question. That's that is compelling. That's really compelling. Does buying a used electric car with high miles even matter? Does that matter anymore? That's a great point. Because high, it the, matters the less. mileage was an indicator of how much mechanical wears happened to mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. All of the components, but more specifically the engine. So we're, you yeah. know, miles yeah, yeah. and oil changes and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. But if it's an electric car and it's got high miles, who cares? And there's so few parts that wear out to begin with. That's a great point. So it's far ad, less of a deal. Okay. The ad said it's got an eight-year warranty, so it's still under warranty at this point yeah, on the battery yeah, and motor. Yeah. It did get a new motor under warranty, and it got new brakes and rotors. Huh. It got new front steering components and a new normal 12-volt car battery. Okay. And he also the, the ad also said over 170,000 miles or so, at when it's now 100% charge, it's rated about 237 miles of range. Okay. Where it was, you know, originally rated over here at 265. Sure. So it's dropped yeah, yeah. But 11% it's, but over But it's an 85, mile. not the 75, which was less than Correct. Was like 200 miles. Or so it's still over 200. Correct. So over 200, yeah. fine. 
high miles and everything's pretty new. It's still under warranty. Yeah. Fine for twenty five nine, which means they probably take twenty five grand for a Tesla Model S. Buy that car. Wow, you've done very well. I couldn't there. believe you've done very well there. I, I like that I'm a lot. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm, my mind's blown because again, does the mileage indicator matter anymore in the mm-hmm. future for mm-hmm. buying an electric car? Not really. Well, yeah, think about how far that car has come down in seven years. I mean, that that speaks to the tech question I'm asking as well. But that, I, I think it's just, a compelling buy. That car's just very cruised around buy. in California, yeah. I think, and just yeah. nothing's it's, wrong it's, with the it's interior. It's been somebody's, like, Fine. probably commute up and down the five cars, what yeah. it's probably been. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't I that like astounding? That. That's really good. That's really good. Wow. Uh, you did not go where I expected. Because, Lance, I, I, I see your need for uh, you're going to keep the Volvo. You'd like to only have one car to do the fun stuff and the and the kid stuff. But I, I do think this is a two car question, so I mm. am going to get you mm. two more cars with your thirty grand. And I see your initial equation, which is spend two thirds of that on the fun car and spend less than ten on the electric. I, I you're going to be in that electric car so often. I think that's going to be a torture chamber. I think buying a really cheap electric <laughs> car is just going to feel like you tortured yourself. Sure, sure. So I was worried about that, and I thought about this for a while. And I, I, look, I like your i8, but we're talking for more than your budget. You're, you even found one at fifty percent more budget, not one hundred percent. But yeah, still, which is still a fine for an i8. Still a fine for sure. I like the Model S. I do like that, but I think I have your answer because you're not afraid of wrenching. You want a genuine sports car in your life, but you're thinking about all of the runabout stuff you do, which is. Not very far. It do, you don't go far, but you need you want electric runabout, but you want it to be someplace, let's be honest, it's halfway decent. Here's my solve. Hmm. Your electric car is a BMW i3. Spend roughly 15 grand. Like it? That is a genuinely, still, that is a genuinely quirky, decent place to be. It, it doesn't have the We Made Nakano box, because it was an expensive car originally. It doesn't have We Made Nakano box, and now it's electric. It doesn't have that problem of the six to $10,000 electric cars. So it's nicer than that. You get your BMW thing you were asking about. I'm not saying it's an i8. I'm not claiming that. But that car has about a 100-mile range, which is mm-hmm. going to be fine for you. For yeah. your usage, it's yeah, going to be true, fine. True. So get yourself an i3 for thirteen to fifteen k. And then take the remainder of your budget, which is about 15K, and find yourself the nicest, newest, most powerful, best-kept one you can find of the first-generation Porsche Boxster. Oh. Oh. This is very different. Twelve or $14,000 Porsche Boxster? Ooh. Okay. Is that going to need stuff? Yes. You're willing to wrench on it. And anything that is a known issue on those early cars, there is a known solve. Hmm. So then when you want Love to have it. a sports car experience, you have a convertible. You're in California. You have a convertible. You have, And, and like I say, I, I would highly recommend find an S. I would highly recommend find as new one, one as you can of that first gen. But first gen boxers are down there all day long. Fantastic. Get a first gen boxer. Like even if it needs some stuff, do the stuff it needs. You're comfortable doing that while you drive your I3 to take the kids wherever you need to take the kids and plug it in at night. I've solved both problems with two cars, electric, sports car, and you have your truck in the in the yard still. The V70 exactly. is still there, and I'm out. Funny. Well done. Well done. I like that. And covers for everything, Covercraft.com. Yeah, for sure. And Lance, you're going to have to send us what you bought on this one. I'm really curious. We've given you two very different directions to go. So write to us. When you decide, very curious. Yeah, definitely. Love to hear it. And uh, if you've got your own car debate, Everyday Driver TV, at gmail.com or on the website while you're perusing the pilgrimage trip and figuring out ways and how you can actually throw down to come with us, you're invited. The adventures tab is right in the middle. So once you (laughs) fully read all the FAQs for the the pilgrimage trip, then you go over and click on the contact button on the right side Mm -hmm. and email us your car debate. Love to hear from you. We've got to get to all the questions here. Many. Starting off with Geese1RBM on Instagram. Are there any other resources we could recommend for improving your driving if you don't have easy access to a track or instructors? Mm -hmm. Any good books? Any good movies we could suggest for the theory behind driving or that gives you decent practical advice? One that pops to mind instantly is Ross Bentley's book called Speed Secrets. I agree. Shout out to Ross. Mm -hmm. Speedsecrets.com. He actually has two. Speed yeah. Secrets 1, Speed Secrets 2. There are a lot of secrets, yeah. There's many, many, <laughs> many secrets. Worth yes. two books at least. Yes. And these books are actually laying around the offices of RSR for all the pro drivers that come in and yeah. are waiting to go on track. Yeah. 
Guess what they put? They start reading. Yeah, they just pick that up and read it. We've seen it yeah. read many times. At our, our it's hilarious. Last. RSR actually has an, an alliance with Ross Bentley, who does a, a total track rats trip every year to yeah, the Reagan Spa. Right, right. Our trip is available for those of you that have track experience, but it's also available if you have no track experience. You're not even sure if you like to drive fast, but you like cars and those tracks interest you. We're the trip for you. Ross, honestly, and this is no slight at all because this is the kind of trip he makes, he actually asks your track experience. You have to qualify to go on his trip, which is a very good trip. Very much so. With a lot of instruction, but it is for track rats. They are shaving time off yes, corners. You are They're there not just to do, 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 where you can go around. with us and you're going to have a blast with us. Not that we are either, but you know what I mean. Well, but we're going to go have fun. And we're going to yeah. everybody that goes on our trip. This is the thing I've discovered: you drive as fast as you possibly can, and and with the instructors, you get better and better and better. Everybody gets better, but we're not there to, to have an argument at, at at dinner about how fast did you go and how well did you shave this corner. Because we're exactly. here to have fun ultimately. Exactly. We want everybody to go home happy, which relates to another question I saw, by the way. There was a question here. I'm going to find it. There it is. It's Keith Refuse on Instagram said, what cars are lined up for the pilgrimage tour? In years past, it's been very straightforward. We've had a hatchback for the ring. We've had a BMW for Spa, and we're done. This year, RSR has changed their set up a little bit, and so you will have one of a series of hatchbacks. We've got about four hatchbacks. There's a uh, the Golf R is in there. The the Civic Type R is in there. Yeah. There's a Magan, Renault, really cool Renault Magan in there. You can even uh, do a Fiesta ST as well. There's various, like, there's four, maybe even five hatchbacks that are all approximately in the same category. Every person signing up is, we, we send out a form and you send back, these are the cars I want. This is the other reason that sign up is vital because the earlier you do that, the better chance you have of getting the car you requested because they do have limited numbers. They've got more than one, but limited numbers of all these cars. And then everybody They get spoken will be, for very quickly. Totally. Everybody yeah. will be in the BMW M240i on Spa unless you upgraded there. And many of the people that have signed up for our trip have already said, I want upgrades there. So you do have choice. The choices are not – if you upgrade, by the way, it does cost more. I will fully acknowledge that. But if you go and you drive the base cars that come with the trip, no one that has ever driven the base cars has come away disappointed. No. Which which I'm thrilled by, by the way. They've always come away like, I'm good. I'm full for now. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happens. Your brain will be full of all the information being firehosed at you. Just yes. Th- through the instruction and new tracks and track driving. If you've never been on track, you know, you're, we're starting at the top. It's all downhill yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah, we had Tyler join us first year. He's, yeah. T- Tyler had never been. <laughs> Been to a racetrack, ever been to a racetrack, let alone on a track. His first day at a track in a car on on track was at Spa. Yeah. And we all just kind of pulled him aside and went, Tyler, we love that you're here. We're thrilled you came with us. Have so much fun out there. But realize, this is you kind of started at the top. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. The legend continues on Instagram, said that uh, one of the C-levels at his company drives a Maserati Levante. I'm sorry. Yay. How best does he calmly but firmly take his keys away and explain to him that he needs to have his eyes checked? Don't do anything that would cost you your job. First of all, do not, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I am willing to bet that at the sea level, they have been through Mercedes and BMWs and Porsches and all the luxury brands. They might have had Lexus thrown in there. And Maserati was another option. Probably. I've never and that's had one where of these. it remains in my head. It's just another option. It's not a compelling one. And so it was expensive. Mm-hmm. It's probably a lease. Mm-hmm. And I would, um, I'm not going to suggest anything that will cause you <laughs> well, a demotion or delusion job. No, that is no, not no. the point. But a, a friendly discussion, the next corporate event, the next party, just, you know, little softballs. Hey, what do you I, think? I, I noticed your car. Instead of saying cool car, I noticed yeah. your car. Yes. What what made you get that? What do you think of Levante? Tell tell why me are you about it. I mean, why, 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 why? Please explain the why. Bring the whys. Here's the thing I have discovered though. And and I want to try to explain this nicely. Here's the thing I have discovered though. Gently. Yes. Having a car, if you spent money on a car, let me rephrase it, because in this case, again, it might be like a corporate lease. If you chose the car you're driving. It wasn't handed down to you or whatever. You chose the car you're driving. Somehow, you are spending money every month to drive that car. Everybody who drives a Maserati chose it. Yes. But I'm saying, if that's the case, even if you're not a car person but you chose that car, it is nearly impossible to tell that person they have a car that is not good without deeply offending them. And it is the same as saying, and this is my example, and it's not a great example, but it's the same as saying, if you knew someone whose spouse was very, like, very attractive and awesome and wonderful, but they have a big nose. 
I mean, no offense to them, but they, they have a like objectively they have a very big nose. Mm. They're a wonderful person. You understand why why your friend married them. There's not, nothing wrong, but they have a very big nose. <laughs> you would never say to that person, your spouse has a very big nose. Ever. Mm. Ever. Mm. No. Because you no. will get beat. And rightly so, mind you. So my point is, be very careful in this discussion. But I like your approach, Paul, which is just, tell me about your Levante. What, 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 just, yeah, go. Tell me, how'd you come up or stumble on this car? You what? fell into the Maserati dealer and couldn't get up, and they sold you a car. Did you lose a bet? What happened? Did you lose a bet? Why, why are you driving a Levante? Did you lose a bet? <laughs> There's a question on Twitter from Terrence Cooley asking, what do we think the electric car landscape will look like in five to ten years? Which brands do we predict will be the winners? Who's playing catch-up? Well, interestingly, just read an article about China's electric vehicles, electric car companies. There's well over 400, close to 500 electric car companies. No. And that's going to get weeded out really quickly. Merged and counter-merged and died completely. Matter of fact, I just saw one of the co-founders of Byton just left Byton to join the competitor to go in a different direction. I'm thinking, all right. Something financially or something disagreeing, but I, I'm looking for the article, but it, I'm not finding it yet. But it was saying about how many companies and startups there are on China, Oof. not to mention the existing car companies on the planet. I would say the usual suspects, the the Germans, probably uh, you know the big yeah. American companies. Tesla will certainly exist. Uh, you know, I, I think the landscape will still look similar, but the the models and the proliferation will have grown quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that any of the major car companies that we can name now are going to go out of business in five or ten years. I think that's I, true. I don't see that no, happening I think, I think over it, electric yeah. car landscape because, yeah. as we've identified, the challenges to doing that, just from the resources all mm-hmm. the way to public acceptance are still not quite there. It'll take five to 10 years for them to become 25% of the market. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair, for sure. For sure. Uh, There's a great question from Zen Lee on uh, Facebook. When you can't adjust to the best possible correct seating position, Mm. which is the priority? Your feet to the pedals or your hand to the steering wheel? I I will speak directly from personal experience. The thing I've never liked about the Evo 10, which of course I love. And I own close to that with the Lancer that I have, the Rally Art that I have. Some of the best seats sold, if you get the Recaros, some of the best seats sold in a production vehicle with a bad seating position. Just just a genuinely bad seating position because the wheel tilts but does not telescope. So for me personally, I am always closer to the wheel than I would like my legs to be. But I am correct for my arms. What I really want that wheel to do is come at me about three inches. Mm, but sure. it doesn't. So since it doesn't, I set up my hands correctly so that my hands are comfortable, and I deal with the fact that my feet are a little more crumpled than I would like to be. That's always my choice. Mm, yeah, for sure. Question over here on Facebook from Seth Klein. How do we feel about tuning or modifying a vehicle and voiding the manufacturer warranty? He works for a dealership and has a customer that owes $25,000 for an engine on a 2018 car oh, oh. with 4,000 miles on it. Oh, man. The vehicle was tuned, and the manufacturer will not honor the original warranty, and You're right, Seth. I feel like the small amount of gain is not worth it. You have to know going in, and you should probably read the manual and what it says. It's probably addressed in there. For example, Porsche says, if you put anything close to a non-street tire, a tire that's only for track use, even if they have slight tread, so that's, you know, Hoosiers to name a, you know, up to slicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name a tire. If you put that tire on, you go track your car and... You're going to avoid the warranty. Mm, Sorry, yeah. because the cornering forces, the mechanical grip, goes so much higher. And if the car does not have a dry sump, this is a lot of problems that people were experiencing yeah. with early Caymans. Yeah, yeah. Car doesn't have a dry sump. The oil gets thrown to one side of the engine. It starves the engine for oil. And guess what? You need a new engine at that point. <laughs> and Porsche acknowledges that. They, yeah. you know, yeah, they yeah. know their cars can corner hard. And tires, that, that's the huge difference. And so... You know, we had read stories about when the the one of the STIs had come out and the Mitsubishi Evo 10 had just gotten released. People were going to the track and then blowing turbos or diffs or something and saying, oh, I don't know what happened. The dealerships would consult the SCCA and NASA driving logs from who yeah. entered what race in the area, find their car and say, uh-oh, you voided your warranty because you entered the race. You just drove it off the showroom floor and entered the race. Sorry, mm-hmm. it says right here, no longer... There's been a lot of actual uh, legal 
back and forth on this. There have been cases in California where people have sued for the right to tune their car. Uh, there sometimes I've been on forums and they, they'll actually quote the case number and be like, throw this at the dealer because it was ruled mm. legal and whatever. Good luck. I mean, good luck. Yeah. Is it possible? Yeah. Yes. It's going to be a fight the entire way. The minute you tune, you are probably voiding the warranty. And that is, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it has to be one of those things where it's a calculated risk. And if it goes wrong, it's on you. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. What else? Uh, is fine? Ricardo Bobby, Ricky Bobby, Ricardo Bobby <laughs> said, can you explain the re- reliability expectations between the U.S. and Europe? He's in Europe and he's saying we keep talking about uh, that German cars take more servicing. He said, isn't it the norm in the U.S. to get your car serviced every year or 10,000 miles? I'm going to stop right there. Mm. Um, here in the U.S., most people I've known that own cars, my parents are poster children for this. <laughs> We'll probably get the oil changed, Pro- probably. Yeesh. Then we're going to fix it because it broke. Yeah. There's no, there's no annual the service. There's, no, there's, there's genuinely no annual service. There's no, what, I'm going to get somebody to check the car? Why would I spend that money? The car's running until, of course, it doesn't, which is why I always make the joke about cars running in spite of you, not because of you. Many manufacturers selling in the U.S. are making cars. I got in this discussion today about why are GTIs undertuned, and I was like, because they know they're selling them to the public, and you can't have them run at the upper level and, and actually put right. a warranty on them. Right. Exactly where we were with the last question. Yeah, right. Generally, right. cars are tuned and set up to run under warranty and run for the worst possible denominator of owner who doesn't even know the oil needs to be changed. In the U.S., Ricardo, I don't think it's very common for most people – I know we're car enthusiasts and freaks. Most people who get their car checked every year. I just don't think it happens. And so uh, if you take a car that needs that, that's why I talk about European cars are often thoroughbred horses, not plow horses. You take a car. We're making a horse video. Anyway, you, 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 <laughs> you, you take a car that needs regular service, and it's bought by a person who's used to never servicing their car. The conclusion is, well, that car's not reliable because i got to take it in every year. Right. There's maintenance, mm-hmm. and then there's reliability problems. They aren't the same, but in many people's uh, minds, they are equivalent. Question from Olin Roning on Facebook. As a thank you for a major work milestone, his company oh. owners have offered to take him to one of the exotic car or track day test drives. Oh, cool. Like you see advertised in Vegas, and they're asking, which one should they do? Hmm. And they want to come, too. This is a great thing. That's a, that's a good problem. I like that's an this. excellent reward. You have probably heard we just recently went to Speed Vegas and mm-hmm. shot an episode of television that is coming out for season five there. We do recommend it, not just because we have friends there and a shout out to Chris Everett, who is a driving coach there, yeah. but yeah, yeah, for sure. because it's so comprehensive. Yeah. Well, it's purpose built too. A lot of the other ones in town are like they've repurposed a parking lot or they use part of the NASCAR thing. Uh, it's this is a purpose built facility for people to just drop in and do a lap, five laps, ten laps, variety of cars, variety of prices. I, that's what I like about the place is the fact that it couldn't be more accessible, and they built it just for that kind of clientele, which I think makes it even better. Olin, if I may, if they're already throwing down, and hello, managers from Olin's company. <laughs> You're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> Surprise. I'm sure. Yeah. Because Olin's pointing this out. If you are going and you choose Speed Vegas, do the trophy trucks too. Do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It this, is This episode's going to be really awesome. fun. We had, a, we had so much fun there. We were yeah. there for a couple days, and we had a lot of fun. We covered a lot of it, and we really enjoyed ourselves. A reminder again for the pilgrimage trip. 2019, we are going. Come with there's, us. There's plenty of people Honestly. going, but there's a few slots left. Come with We'd us. love for you to join us. Please do. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.